0: Welcome to Beliefs of the Heart Weekly Reflection. I'm Sam Williamson, and today we're discussing talking with God just like a friend. I'm an introvert, as God meant all people to be. And when I fly, I sit quietly, ignoring the person next to me, as God meant all airline passengers to be. But when I face decisions, I love to brainstorm with a friend. My wife and I often march over to our whiteboard and write columns of pros and cons, or we just catalog a bunch of ideas. We love to explore any topic, how to counsel an anxious friend or an angry friend, how to simplify our lives and the godly benefits of introversion. Brainstorming is fun conversation. Her ideas spark flashes in me, and sometimes those sparks join together to ignite blazes of light and insight, and the results of those collaborative discussions far outshine any solutions we would have come up with on our own. It's a perfect example of, the whole is better than the sum of its parts. These brainstorming sessions have made me prize talking with my wife. If something interesting happens at Panera, I can't wait to tell her about it. When my seatmate on the airplane talks my ear off about essential oils, I cannot wait to get home and share with my wife my sufferings. The story isn't complete until it's been dissected with a confidant. God invites us into that kind of conversation with him, just like a friend. The hardest commandment. Scripture is filled with impossible commands like, be perfect as I am perfect. Although, avoid troubled makers, Romans 16, 17, is easy because we introverts do it by avoiding everybody. But for me, the hardest commandment has always been, pray without ceasing. Like, yikes. I have a hard enough time interceding for 15 minutes in my quiet time. Honestly, you do too, don't you? Tell me I'm not alone. I used to belong to the board of directors of a nonprofit that ran into a real thorny issue. One member had trampled on a serious set of safety rules, and the board needed to respond. Some members were furious, and many were terrified. They pressed the board to act quickly, but every solution had a set of horrible consequences, and I became obsessed with searching for a perfect solution. At that time, I had a 30-minute commute to work. On one of those drives, I was preoccupied with the board's problems. I began a series of mental brainstorms, you know, possible solutions, pros and cons, and a bit, quite a bit actually, of venting about that malicious member. But instead of an obsessive deluge of thoughts, like an unending anxiety rant, I accidentally introduced each thought in my mind with various synonyms for God. Instead of thinking, I don't see an answer, I thought, God, I don't see an answer. Instead of, I am so pissed at this member, I thought, Father, I am so pissed at this member. Instead of, I feel inadequate to handle this, I thought, Lord, I feel inadequate to handle this. Turning thoughts into prayers. At any given moment, our mind is racing down a dozen alleys, whether we're listening to a podcast, watching a movie, or reading an article. Right now, your mind is probably wondering, when is Sam going to get to the point? Whenever I struggle with pray without ceasing, it is always because I forget the nature of prayer. Prayer is not limited to intercession. That might be 10% of what prayer is. Prayer is mostly, prayer is primarily a conversation between two people who love each other. A conversation between two people who love each other. And that conversation includes sharing, venting, thinking, dissecting, brainstorming, and sometimes just sitting in comfortable silence together. When Jesus said, I no longer call you servants, I call you friends. He meant that prayer is a conversation between friends about anything. Actually, about everything. Every thought or feeling can be turned into that divine dialogue between friends. Talking with God about everything is turning me into a pray-at-all-times lover. I don't have to get home to brainstorm or share when I get angry, reading another politician's hypocritical promises, I, quote, pray, end quote, my thoughts instead of getting captured by imprisoning anger. I suddenly have found my introversions burning away in the blaze of my newfound love of divine dialogue. Prayer is accidentally turning me into an extrovert. Someday I may even smile at the person sitting next to me on the plane. I think, in some ways, I think in most, I I think in, I think in almost every way, the most important thing God has been teaching me in the last five years, I don't know, ever since I wrote the book "Hearing God in Conversation," which was more about us hearing God's voice. I think the the absolute most important thing God has been teaching me is. How to just talk with him like a friend? It really is. Um, it's not just hearing his voice. It's it's the art of conversation with God. When I'm in the middle of a trouble of any kind of trouble, you know, it could be a little trouble, it could be a big trouble. My instinct, always, inevitably, is to do something, or or at least to come up with a plan, to analyze everything, to come up with a plan. Um, and I sort of do that on my own, or I do that with my wife and I do that with friends. I have a friend, Gary, who I do this with, we'll plan, we'll plot. I don't mean that negatively, we'll plot, but I will always want to come up with a plan. Hold that thought for a minute. I was at a retreat a couple of years ago and it was a men's retreat. And I asked men in the middle of it, I said, who here, and these are older men, you know, probably over 50 at least. Men, men who have adult children, I said, who here has a bad relationship in your mind with at least one of your children? Raise your hand, and I would say half the men or more had a bad relationship with their children. I didn't even define what that meant. And I said, okay, of you guys who have your hands up, who say you have a bad relationship with your with one of your children, when you think of that children. How many of you would say that child says you lecture to them too much and only one guy put his hand down? All the other guys, and then as we talked about it more, they all said the biggest contributor in their children's point of view to this bad relationship with their father was he lectured too much. Now let's come back. My issue when I'm in a difficult situation is to plan something. I'm going to plan. These guys admit their instinct in a relationship with their kids is to lecture. You shouldn't do this. I always told you to, you know, think before you uh, act. You know, They all have these little lessons that they want to lecture to their 35, 45-year-old children who are adults and are smart and who do not want to hear their father lecturing at them. I mean, come on, you guys. If we all think about it for a moment... And I'm taking women too. You know, I just had, this happened to be men's retreat, but I bet the numbers would be the same for if it was a women's retreat. Um, When we remember our relationship with our parents growing up, you know, I have a relationship with my father and my, I had a relationship with my father and my mother. When I remember my very best moments with my father and my mother, how many of them were when they lectured? Zero, not one single moment. In fact, those are the worst times I had with my parents. Scripture says, if you parents who are evil know what's best for your children, how much more will your heavenly father? You know, our instinct, some of us, our instinct is to do something. I suppose some of our instinct is to flee. Some of our instinct is to lecture I think God is saying, I can teach you how to have a new primary instinct. He's certainly teaching me this, and that's just to pray. Uh, I think God is just calling me to pray. Now, the problem is, is when, when we all think of prayer, we primarily think of asking God something, which is called intercession or supplication. But it's sort of ridiculous of me to be asking God to lecture to me you know god tell me what to do lecture because that's not the best time i had my with my father the best time i had with my father was when i sailed with him in our little sunfish sailboat and we just talked we just talked i mean we talked about what we're having for dinner we talked about what books we're reading we talked about why I got mad at my sister. We talked about what girls I was interested We just talked. And and I think God is inviting me back into that conversational prayer with him just to talk. It is to brainstorm, to say, you know, God, I, I don't know what to do in this, um, this charitable organization that I'm on the board of. I mean, if we reprimand this person for breaking the safety rules, we're going to have a whole set of people very angry with us for that reprimand. But if we don't reprimand, we're gonna have another set of people saying, aren't you protecting us? I don't know what to do, Father. So if here's the pros of reprimanding, here's the cons of recommending, reprimanding. But if you notice, if I'm praying it, I'm not independent of God anymore. I'm, I'm connecting with God in the middle of it. Because at any given time, at every given time, I'm thinking of something. My mind is going somewhere. Now, I know that I'm more of a thinker and some people are more of feelers, but I'm telling you, even the feelers are thinking about their feelings. If, if you're hurt because someone has slighted you, you're thinking, I'm so hurt. I'm feeling the pain. We can share with God our thoughts and our feelings, partly just by prefacing the sentences in our brain with God, with Lord, with Father, with help, And yes, in the middle of that, I can cry out as I'm brainstorming about being on this board to help this charitable organization that really is confused. I can say, Father, can you just give me some wisdom? Father, can you calm these people down? And you know what? My intercession and my brainstorming and my just sharing and my telling of my feelings and prefacing all my thoughts, they all intermingle just like a normal conversation, just like a conversation with A friend. And you know what? That's what prayer is. If I read the Psalms, I read the Psalms every morning. I start my prayer time with the Psalms. There are so much more conversations with God than they are intercession. Now sometimes they do say, I cry out. But the crying out isn't always God help me. It's just God, God, I'm in trouble. I don't know what to do. It's not even exactly a cry for help as much as a is a sharing of what's going on. It's a conversation with a friend. Prayer is communication. It's talking, it's conversation. Um, and, and really, I'm learning, you know, I'm not there yet where I'm praying at all times, but I got to say, I'm praying probably more than I'm not praying. Even in the middle of a conversation with somebody else, because I'm thinking. And instead of just thinking, how do I answer them? I'm saying, Father, you know, they just said something interesting. Now, what do you think I should say in response? I'm just talking with God, even in my brain. There's a way I'm learning to pray at all times. And you know what? It is the best lesson I've learned. It's a delightful lesson. It's bringing me joy, and it's bringing me much, much closer to my Heavenly Father. who who I'm sort of falling in love with all over again. And coincidentally, maybe not coincidentally, it's cleaning up my thoughts. Because it's a little harder to think all those irritable, uh, frustrated, uh, bitter thoughts by saying, Father, aren't they a jerk? (laughs) You know, I just can't do that the same way. And I think God is both teaching me to love conversation with Him and He's teaching me a little bit to clean up my thought life. I'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Please join us by following this podcast or liking it. And visit our website, beliefsoftheheart.com for more articles, books, videos, podcasts, and courses. All designed to foster intimate theology, deepening a real relationship with the real God who is there. See you next week.